Creator God, still our minds and awaken our souls that we may receive anew the truth of your love. Amen. We have one story today. This one story is enough. More, it is lavish abundance. In the beginning, when the earth was welter and waste, God said, let there be, and it was so. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning on that day. The cadence alone beckons, breathe, be still, listen. As Moses before the burning bush, take off your shoes, for the ground on which we stand is holy ground. When I was a child, my parents read this story from a book with bright watercolor illustrations. My little sister called it the It Was Good story. Read us the It Was Good story, Daddy, and we'd all snuggle and squirm on the couch together to listen. Biblical scholars would affirm that Becky's title was spot on. Walter Brueggemann says this text is likely dated to the 6th century BCE, before the Christian era, and addressed to the Hebrew people who at that time were held as exiles in Babylon. Thus it served as a refutation of Babylonian theological claims. It is a promise amid loss. This is no abstract statement about the universe. It is a theological and a pastoral statement addressed to a real historical problem. And its affirmation is this God can be trusted even against contemporary data. I need not rehearse the week's headlines to awaken our soul's deep thirst for a reassuring word that the powers of Babylon, organized for profit, wealth, control, dominion, born of pride, greed, and the rest, will not, in the end, hold sway. And God saw that it was good. Hearing it today, we feel the continuing power of this story to orient, locate, center us anew in the midst of chaos. Remember, in the beginning, God. Breathe that in. Brueggemann again. All other philosophical and political questions of meaning and power are subordinated to this fundamental issue of the relation of the Creator and creation. Upon this, everything else hinges. Let us open ourselves to this truth. I am increasingly drawn toward a Celtic understanding and practice of Christianity, an ancient path with roots in earliest civilization in the British Isles, writes John Philip Newell, a leading voice in Celtic Christianity today. The Celtic tradition 
cannot be reduced to a set of doctrines or beliefs. Instead, at its core is the conviction that we need to keep listening to what our soul already knows. We need to keep listening for the heartbeat of God in the world about us. Let me name a few of the essential lenses or emphases of this practice. And the goodness of creation is at the heart. God is found in and revealed through all of creation and in all creatures. And flowing from this affirmation of the goodness of creation, emphasis is directed not toward the problem of our original sin, but toward the gift of our original blessing. In the depths of our being, before humankind is fallen, before we are in sin, there is God. There is creation. God's creation is good. We are a blessing. We are made in the image of God, male and female. God made us in God's own image. To look into the face of a newborn child is to look at the very image of God. Further, God is not seen only in the face of humankind. All of creation shows forth the glory of God. The stars above, the deep roiling sea, mountains and plains, ostriches and tree frogs, algae and lilies alike, this is an affirmation of panentheism, of God within all things. Everywhere, wrote Pelagius in the fourth century, narrow shafts of divine light pierce the veil that separates heaven from earth. In practice, this leads to deep reverence and care for creation. The whole earth cries glory. You may have experienced what the Celts call thin places, where the light and imminence of God shines through. In practice, this way of seeing leads to seeking and expecting to find the presence of God, the Christ, in all persons and beings, and thus be committed to creating a just society. And from earliest days, the Celts affirmed the divine feminine as women and men lived together in monastic communities. At a time when the institutional church is trying to find new ways to proclaim the good news of Christ, and a time when, as bell hooks would say, the capitalist white supremacist heteropatriarchy is found wanting, these ancient Celts seem to have been on to something. Finally, this is offered not as a teaching that we need to master or attain. Rather, it is offered simply as true. Deep within, we already know it. Writes Newell, we know things in the core of our being that we have not necessarily been taught, and some of this deep knowing may actually be at odds with what our society or religion has tried to teach us. This practice is about reawakening to what we know in the depths of our being, 
that the earth is sacred and that this sacredness is at the heart of every human being and life form. There are many ways we can pay attention during the course of our days, but at its essence, says Newell, we're listening for the heartbeat of God. One highlight of my recent sabbatical was the six days Sarah and I spent on the island of Iona, a tiny island in the Atlantic Ocean off the southwest coast of Scotland. On Iona, the weather is inescapable. It is omnipresent, alive. The ocean winds bring rain, cloud, sun in rapid succession, changing tides with the rising moon. It was chilly in May. Seabirds and sheep and fish and spectacular green moors and white sand beaches, surprisingly enough, on ancient rock veined with earth's deep core of red, green, blue. Something wild, something beautiful there is and holy about Iona. It's a thin place indeed that awakens the soul to the transparency of God in the universe. Drawn by its allure after sailing from Ireland, St. Columba and his monks, yes, our St. Columba, this St. Columba, settled on Iona in the year 563 and by word and deed began the spread of Christ's good news among the Celts of Scotland. The burial place of 26 kings, including Macbeth, pilgrims have sought Iona's healing powers for 14 centuries. So we joined their eternal throng and bundled up, walked over rocky hills and through the wet bogs, stood in the icy surf and sang our prayers in the abbey each morning and each night. On Iona, God's holy creation sings anew an ancient song. Well, that's well and good, but we're not on Iona and may never get there. We're here in D.C., and that's okay, and that is good. We're never apart from earth, sky, weather. Iona was a portal. Can you picture now in your mind's eye some place where you have been far away or close to home, where the beauty, the power of creation flooded your senses, filled your breasts, quickened your pace, or stopped you in your tracks, perhaps to whisper or to sing, how awesome, how awesome is this place? Take, take a moment. Picture that now. And I invite you for today and in the coming week to be intentional about paying attention to the world, the creation around us, the truth you already know, to arouse and nourish a deeper sense of awe Find a few minutes each day to watch a bird eating at a feeder, to listen to the leaves, the trees rustling in the wind, 
find a stream or river on its course. Notice, be still, breathe, and say, thank you, God, thank you. Naturalist John Muir wrote, in God's wildness lies the hope of the world. Hmm? From which Newell affirms, our source of hope for today is already present deep within the wildness of this natural world. There is much to be done, it is true, even much to be done to undo the harm we have done, I know. But doing is not always the best response. We're not called to be masters of the earth. We're called to be lovers of the earth. Let us begin with awe to allow ourselves to be reoriented, recentered in the story of our Creator God who said, let there be light and darkness, night and day. Let the earth put forth vegetation. Let the waters swarm with living creatures. Let birds fly across the dome of the sky. Let there be humankind in our image. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. So God hallowed the Sabbath day of peace. There was evening and there was morning on that day. As all the earth cries glory, so let God's children say, Amen.